Making connections and leaving an impact while staying true to our relationship with God can be a consistent battle. The great part is we can use the word to lead us into victory. The word is there to help us be successful. We identify this for you. Welcome to The Walk. So good afternoon, good morning, good evening. Hope all of you guys are really well. And uh, thank you so much for being on this week's episode of The Walk. Um, We've actually got a very special guest on um, The Walk this week. Um, Every single week, um, we're always giving you different types of value and um, sharing different things that you can apply to your lives. And something came to me uh, a couple of weeks back uh, when I met this individual and I saw uh, how, how, how wonderful her young daughter was. Like her young daughter was very well-mannered. And um, it really made me think that there's people who listen to this show who, who are mothers. And um, it's important that we are able to share how mothers are raising their children, but more importantly, the conduct that they have um, as mothers, so the example that they set, and I saw, I never, I never really got an opportunity to speak to this uh, this lady um, at the time, but I saw how well her daughter was man, how well managed the daughter daughter was, and it led me to have her on this show. The spirit led me to invite her onto the show and just to have a general conversation with her, just to see how she has gone about not just raising her child, but also how she's gone about being a mother as well. So I've got Sarah, Sarah Hughes on the call. She's actually a, a full-time mother. She's a mentor <laughs> and also she's an, an evangelist as well. And um, I, I just wanted to get her on the show. So Sarah, do you want to just let people know a little bit about yourself? Yes. Hi. Hi. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening, everyone, wherever you are. Um, Yes. So my name is Sarah Hughes, as you've heard. I'm 35 at the moment. My daughter is currently eight years old and I've just come into the end of studying uh, for business and HR. As you heard, I'm an evangelist, so I love people. I love sharing about the love of God and all that he's done in my life uh, to set me free from and yeah, I just love to encourage people to be the best person that they can be and fulfill their purpose that God created for them on earth. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So you've been on your walk for quite some time now, right? Like, how long have you actually been um, a Christian for? And, and more, importantly, so, more importantly, like, have you raised your child in that environment from day dot? Yes, yes. So... Um, Prior to uh, this child, yeah. So I literally gave my life to Jesus when I was three months pregnant. Um, So, yeah, she's grown up in the faith. uh, So eight years. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I've been walking with the Lord all that time. So I was very different before. I was, um, just to give a little bit of a background, I was, um, you know, I was a partier. I was on taking drugs I suffered a lot with depression um I actually was brought up in foster care from the age of three years old so I didn't have um, my parents there to raise me uh, Mm. so that can kind of give some answers to things that happen later on uh, as a mother raising my daughter now yeah Mm. it's quite interesting you say that about your parents not being there now did that have an Mm. adverse effect as soon as you as soon as you fell pregnant would you say that triggered something in you yeah like um I found it very difficult uh to understand love 
um, I kind of knew that, okay, here is a child and it's my duty to care for them. But that kind of natural love or uh, true care, uh, I felt that I was uh, lacking. And I found it quite difficult. And still, even up until today, uh, that's my prayer to God, that he will help me to love her, to care for her. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, because there's so many things that came through my generations. Even though I wasn't raised with my parents, yet a lot of the characteristics, behaviours, uh, was still embedded in me, which mm. is uh, very powerful. <laughs> I can completely resonate with what you're saying there. Like things that your parents mm. do, like not not even for example, I can I can resonate a hundred percent. I haven't been around my father, for example, growing up, but mm. there's certain characteristics that I have of him, and it goes mm. back to what we say about it being in the blood, about how how it carries on, mm. how it's taken through generations, right? Yes, 100%, 100%. I remember studying psychology and they said um, many people say they never want to end up like their parents, but actually the majority of the people uh, do. Just by default, right? Just by default. Yeah, yeah. So how how would you, um, I wanted to ask you, before uh, you became a mother, was there anything you did to address those issues that you had? No, no, because... um, I wasn't uh, a believer, so um, I think certain things didn't come out until I had her. Got it. So I I think that there's certain situations that will bring certain things out in you. So, for instance, um, when I had her, I, I noticed I would get very angry Mm-hmm. like very angry with her and it would be just a, it it would be a horrible anger that used to leave me feeling guilty condemned felt like I was far from God and I remember just going around to people in church while well, I'm really angry I just can't take it and um, one lady started to speak to me and she connected that anger to bitterness towards my mum Wow. Which I would have never, ever connected it to. And um, when I recognized that and she let me know that bitterness and unforgiveness were two things that kind of hinder God from moving in our lives, Mm. hinder my healing. Um, You know, I went back to God and I asked for forgiveness for holding that bitterness towards my mom. And I, I think the next time I went back to church, yeah, I was, um, the pastor had delivered me from that spirit. It was actually a spirit. And God showed me that <clears throat> that's a spirit that operated in my bloodline. Wow. It was a very strong spirit of anger, like mm-hmm. real anger. Um, and yeah, I was delivered from that. And I've never felt, yeah, I can get upset and frustrated, but never that type of anger. So it's it's in having her that's brought those things up. And I think because I'm now in God and there's power in Jesus, in the name of Jesus, power in prayer, then when those things come up, I'm able to lay them at his feet and he's able to deliver me from those. Whereas before, if there were issues, uh, they were masked with drugs or partying and I couldn't find a way out. I literally couldn't. I used to study psychology. I used to study the secret. I used to try to do the affirmations, but I just couldn't get free. 
Mm. Yeah. Really interesting you say all those types of things because it's stuff that I can completely resonate with. It's it's uh, it's it's funny when we talk about the spirit, we talk about the unseen world, things that we can't see. People generally mm. look at the surface level, but there are things taking place in the spirit, in the bloodline. And um spirit yes. is word and word is spirit as one of the things that my uh, my early mentor uh, shared with me when I was on my walk. But it's uh, mm. it goes back to what you were just saying there. Definitely. Would it, would it, did this actually help you get complete with your own mother as well by you doing this? Like, did you get complete <laughs> with your mother in that sense? Oh dear. Um, well, I'm, um, it's still an issue because my mother um, suffers with uh, schizophrenia and drug addiction. So it's an ongoing process. Um, but, you know, I remember asking the Lord, like, why is this not changing? When is this going to go away? And I really battled with it, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, nearly coming to a breakdown myself. And I just said to God, I said, God, just give me a word. <clears throat> give me a word. Because if you give me a word, if you give me a reason for why, then I can stand. And um, he gave me the word at long suffering. Oh. And um, I think that, uh, you know, I wanted to actually do a teaching on this <clears throat> because it is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Yes, And I do believe it's a fruit that we don't really hear about. Uh, and we, sometimes we can forget about that sometimes um, we have to go through seasons of long suffering where we have to suffer through things long. That may be sickness. It may be <clears throat> a difficult child. It could be uh, the loss of finances. But um you know, he gave me that word and then let me just find it. First Peter 5.10. He gave me that after and he just put it in my head and I, I wouldn't have known what that scripture is. And I went to it and it says, but may the God of all grace who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish strengthen and settle you to him be the glory and dominion forever and ever amen so he gave me that word and just to encourage me that after this he will perfect me he will establish me he will strengthen me and settle me and it just proves that god really does use all things (coughs) for the good uh, for those who love him and accord according to his purpose and through me having this battle, it's revealed things in me. So bitterness, unforgiveness, anger. He's tried to constantly, you know, we can pray pray, prayers. Lord, give me patience. Help me to love the unlovable. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then uh, here we are in the situation and we're crying to get out. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's so So, funny you say that as well. There's times when you pray. When God gives it to you, it gives you that. My God. Oh my God. Uh, I can, I can relate so much. And it's not even just around parents and family. It's around other things. You're like, father, use me. And then then he starts starts to use you. And then the burden, (laughs) look at it as, oh my God, I've got all this stuff to do now. (laughs) Oh my uh, God. Yeah. (laughs) But it's, again, it's, it's a big responsibility that we have as Christians. I think I was saying this to you yesterday as Mm -hmm. how, how much of a responsibility it is. It isn't just, hey, listen, 
um, I'm a Christian and that's it. It's about, a, it's a lifestyle. It's, it's an actual way of life. It's a, it's a response, a massive responsibility yeah. that you have. And considering what, um, what Christ Jesus did for us on the cross, uh, mm. and it's important that we're able to let people know about that, let people know about that salvation that is available through him. So yeah. I, wanted to, I wanted to lead, lead this into a different direction. Now, based in your, in your evangelistic life, like your, mm-hmm. your daughter, does she see you go out and evangelize? Has you, she witnessed that before? Yes. Yes. So she's regularly out. So <clears throat> majority of the time she's with me. So she's been to the overnight prayers. She's out on the road with me. Uh, we were recently at an evangelist uh, tent, which uh, where I met you yeah, yeah. <clears throat> for the first time. So she was there with me dancing and, you know, she, she regularly, when we're walking, she'll regularly say like, mum, are you going to evangelize? <laughs> <laughs> she, she, she knows now. <clears throat> um, so yeah, she's, she's been witness to this from, from, from the moment she was, she was born. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah cause cause I, I noticed that because she was, when I first met your daughter, she was um, picking, uh, picking, Picking blueberries, was it blackberries or blueberries? She's blackberries, picking. yeah, yeah, yeah. lovely. She's picking blackberries for people in the, in the field, and then she was giving them out to people like really, really well, well mannered. And it's um, yeah. one of the things that I love doing with children, and it's something that um, I, I was, I, I experienced and I've read prior to even me being saved was um, when you see a child, you should always address the child. You shouldn't address the child through the through the parents, if you know what I mean. Like just to give that mm. child responsibility. So you'd ask the child their name or you would ask them um, when they give you something, you'd go up to them and say thank you to them, right? And like, so you address them. Um, but I saw that she's very, she's, she's only six years old, right? How old is she? She's eight. She's just turned eight. Turned eight, sorry. But she's, she's fairly young, but she's very well-mannered, very well-mannered. And how is she with her friends at school? Like, what, what type of person is she at school with her friends? Yeah, she's pretty much a leader, to yeah. be honest. Um, I think... I, I think in some ways she's um, she's had to be quite uh, independent uh-huh. uh, in a sense that I was always go, go, going and she was always go, go, going with me. Mm. Um, um, so, yeah, she, she's a leader. She's quite, um, she's very thoughtful. Yeah, that's, that's one what, thing I can that's, that's what I got as well. <laughs> Yeah, she's very thoughtful. And I remember her teacher saying, Babe's very smart, very intelligent, but sometimes she will be going over to check if everyone is okay. <laughs> and uh, I thought, wow, that's really like me. Because even in university, I'd, I'd be helping people do their work and I haven't even done mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. It's wonderful. That yeah. Did you, did you, um, did you, uh, instill that in her it was just it, that's something that she's taken on taken a characteristic of you through the through your generation would you say what would you say that was I suppose yeah she's just um she's probably taken it on yeah because I, I always teach her the kind of biblical principles about uh, loving people and mm. forgiving people you know um and taking care so she, she's seen me somewhat um out there helping people, maybe getting food for people, praying for people, non-stop praying for people. Mm. So, but I, I haven't really been there. Like, make sure that you, I suppose it just goes down to the fact that they watch us more than they uh, listen to us. Yeah. <clears throat> Definitely. Yeah. 
children are like sponges at this age as well, right? They pick up everything and it's... Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the seeds that you're planting in her right now, they're going to, they'll turn into something wonderful. They already are turning into something wonderful as well. At the moment, I could see that. But um, as yeah. time goes by, it's probably going to be most likely 100%, I should say, uh, through the grace yeah. of God. It's going to be something beautiful. By the grace of God, yeah. For sure, for sure. So I wanted to ask you as well, like... um uh, you're a single mother at the moment. With uh, like you, the, the, her father, you, you, you're both separate. Yes. Yeah, so uh, obviously, I was three months pregnant, and uh, I, I, I did become a Christian, and he wasn't a believer. So um, yeah, I was unable to continue uh, in that relationship because I had decided now to follow God. So yes. and things obviously no we don't sleep together outside of marriage and um, I couldn't live with him, mm. obviously not being uh, his wife. So yeah, we parted ways, but we'd known each other for many, many years, many years. He's known me from, I was quite young, 16. And uh, I thank God that uh, everything has worked out. And, and that really was about, I believe, being in Jesus and having the Holy Spirit in times when, you know, I wanted to speak, the Holy Spirit would say, be quiet. So I wouldn't kind of get angry with him or get frustrated with him in certain situations. God kind of reminded me that, listen, he's not a believer. You were once there. Have patience, continue to just show love, mercy, grace towards him. And, um, yeah, he's 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 always been in her life now, and they, uh, they love each other dearly. Mm. <clears throat> but I really believe that um, sometimes, if we don't have the Spirit of God, because I I think as a Christian, most of our life is dying to ourselves, dying to our emotions, yeah. dying to the way we want to react in situations dying to our thoughts, our character, our behavior, our desires, and allowing uh, God's will and way to, to come to pass um, through obedience. And I think um, that will always help relationships, no matter what type of relationship. Um, sometimes we want to scream, we want to shout, we want to cuss, but the Holy Spirit will say, uh, 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 um, be quiet, just be still here, just take it to me in prayer and I will turn that person's heart. Because mm. inevitably we can't change someone, uh, only God can do that. So uh, um, I think because of my relationship in the Lord, that has helped us to always be civil. Mm. And because he's seen that from me, he always says, you know, he's got other children, but he will always say I'm the best uh, and he will, because of that, he was more willing to do anything. If I ask him for a favor or something, he's more willing mm. <clears throat> because of how he's seen me uh, behave with him. It's so important as well. Like when you're dealing with something and you're trying to change somebody, you're trying to make, like, make someone see something, you've got to, I found this as well, based on what my experience has been in my walk is that mm -hmm. when you're giving it to God, like you actually take that person into prayer mm. and you let God go mm -hmm. to work, you, you leave it to him. It's the best mm -hmm. person to leave it to because he needs to go to work in something a lot more deeper than what you can go. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. so it's, it, yeah. It, it's so interesting you say that about your partner because it's, it's, I see this happen time and time again, especially in um, mm -hmm. relationships that are not equally yoked. 
and how important mm. that is being equally yoked with your partner um mm. like for your daughter to be seeing that as well because obviously you're raising her in that environment you want her to see um how important it is that you have someone who loves the lord more than themselves and loves them more than mm. more than them also more than yes. you as well um and having that as a foundation to everything like how important is that like have the relationship with jesus like how important is that for your daughter to see in a in a in a in a spouse for example in a partnership like how important is that for her to see in you that, that you look for that why is that so important would you say oh 100% it is because um i suppose it teaches her that um you know people can fail you people can fail and people can let you down and people can maybe do the wrong things but you have to know that that God loves you and and you can always turn to him and he has to be you know I always instill in her God has to be your highest priority and Amen. she knows that <laughs> you know I love God above everything yeah. and I and and she will always say yes um if I say, oh, they're the best, she say, no, God's the best. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, so it's, it's very important, I think, that they know that, you know, when anything goes wrong in life or, you, you know, you could just lose someone, they may just pass away. Mm. And that your heart, your foundation is always in God. And, and I think once you've got that, that that void can always be filled. God can fill every void in our lives, every Amen. issue um, he can get us out of. So, <clears> yeah. It's beautiful. So let me ask you this, Sarah. Um, what was the last thing that God told you to do in terms of your relationship with your daughter? And uh, have you done <laughs> it? Like, what was the last thing that he told you to do? If you don't mind me asking. <laughs> and have you done it? Oh, dear, you really put me on the spot now, Gash. Thank you. <laughs> um, I think it would be to spend more time. Yeah, more time with her. Um, yeah, that was... That that was... And I, and I think that that's something that God was teaching me in general with him, with people, because I'm a very... I was kind of like a Martha in the Bible, just go, go, going, work, work, working, working, working. Mm. But God is now trying to teach me now. I want you to be like Mary. So just sit down and have a real relationship, one with him, uh, with my daughter, and then everyone outside of that. So, yeah, that's one thing that he's been trying to teach me is, you know, <clears throat> really have a day, make a day that's her day. Mm -hmm. She can choose what to do. Um, you know, so for her birthday, I bought more things that we were able to play together, like puzzles, mm -hmm. even little computer games, uh, just things that we could play together um, and just remember when I'm out with her. You know, because as you said, like earlier, you know, it's good to address the child, ask them their name because it makes them feel value, valued, Yes, makes them feel that they're important. And um, I think that was an area that I was, I was kind of lacking in because, you know, <clears throat> and many of us can, or they're just a child, <clears throat> you know, just leave them to get on. 
but they are um, of value and they do need to be felt like they're valued and they're part of the conversations. You know, even when you're in a room with two adults and we're chatting away and sometimes the child, like, oh, you're not talking to me. They feel left out because yeah. <clears throat> they want to be involved. So yeah, that's something that he's told me to do and I'm, I'm trying and I probably need to try better and harder. There's always there's yeah. always ways we can improve for sure, but in terms of our, yeah. our relationship with our with our children, um, but it's it's interesting you say all those types of things because again they, they're they're just things that I look as a foundation that a mother should have, uh, especially for a child when they're growing up and being around a, a believing mother, um, <clears throat> and it's important that that they see your prayer life as well. But in your mentoring life, like as you're being an, a, a mentor to other people, other mm-hmm. other people. From my understanding, from what we, the conversations we've had, you've told me that mm-hmm. you uh, mentor people who have just given their lives to Christ quite recently. And um, yeah. when you go and go and speak to speak and mentor to these people, do you does your child witness any of this, any of this? Yes. Yeah. 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 So she'd she'd uh, she'd regularly be there uh, with me doing as I do the lessons with them. Um, and whether I'm mentoring you or not, um, I'd be mentoring you. <laughs> <laughs> so where, wherever I go, um, whoever I talk to, um, they pretty much, we're talking about Jesus. We're talking about how to, um, how to live a better life. We're talking about worship. We're talking about prayer. There's probably never a place I go that I'm not praying, um, so yeah, her her life is surrounded <coughs> by uh, the walk. It isn't just something that we do: go to church on Sunday and then go home to a normal. <laughs> this is normal to us, mm. and everything outside of that is um, that's what we do on a weekend, <laughs> and then back to normal life: prayer, worship, uh, Bible reading. Yeah. <coughs> One more thing I wanted to ask you as well, because I feel this is. Um obviously in the in the world that we live in there's a lot of a lot of bad news in the secular news there's a lot of things that are taking mm-hmm. place in the world that um a child uh, it's important that the child knows about it but there's a there's a certain time and a place that a child should know and um there's a lot with social media with the way the world is now I know it's very different from the generation that we come from you're around the same age as me and um yeah. it's so different now to what it was 20 years ago like how do you handle that like how do you handle her being around bad news bad news per se I should say and um Mm -hmm. things that you don't want her to be um don't want her to be governed by you don't want her to be influenced by how do you Mm -hmm. shelter not shelter shelter is the wrong word I would say protect Mm -hmm. her from it how do you uh protect her from those types of things um so I'm I'm very vigilant in the kind of uh, things that I allow her to watch in, in my home. Uh, we don't listen to any uh, secular music, <coughs> rarely, because of uh, language or what they kind of uh, are trying to sell. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I rarely watch the news. Um, my daily mirror is the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, that's our newspaper (laughs) and so I I do teach her that for instance with the corona you know that is I make sure to tell her we're covered by the blood of Jesus and uh, we're protected by God and we live by faith 
and uh, no fear was allowed to come around. Um, I, I teach her as well that she must have discernment for herself to be able to discern what is of God and what's not of God. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and again, going back to the um, going back to the words, um, you know, we're people of faith, and no matter what goes on around us, uh, our foundation and our bar is the word of God. So the world could be in a storm. It could be going that way, but we, we always have to um, follow God. So I'm very cautious in what she watches, what she listens to and um, yeah, explain, explain to her, you know, and she, I, we constantly watch videos. We, I speak openly about the end times with her we speak about heaven and hell um i think you know children are way more advanced than maybe we were years ago and we have to be very quick to teach them before the world system does in in regards to sex in regards to um you know what is portrayed in the world uh, we ha- we have to t- speak about those things because they're very open now <clears throat> and um if we don't and we just keep silent then they're going to be taught by the world system um which is very different to god's way mm. and it's 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 uh from myself growing up like i i experienced that like coming from a single my mother was a single mother for example and um I was left to my own devices when I was growing up. So I knew how much of an impact that had by her not being there. Uh, it had yeah. on my adult life, for example. And um, mm. it's, I'm sure that's something that you've taken on board as well from your childhood. And you've, you've brought this into your, and being a believer now uh, where, you've, mm. where you've given your life to Christ uh, whilst you've been pregnant, it's probably transformed that somewhat if you hadn't given mm. your life to Christ, let's say, and you carried on living the life that you were living, <coughs> um, what would have like? I want to I want to paint a little bit of a picture here for people so they could get an understanding and see what you believe would have what you believe your life would have been like if you didn't have Jesus. Wow! Um. <laughs> Day and night, right? Day and night. Yes, I probably. To be honest, I don't know. Maybe I would have been ended up on the streets. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, my, I just, I just, I don't know. It was getting worse and worse in regards to drug taking, in partying. Um, I, I just don't know. I could have ended up dead. There was many times that I, I nearly died um, from taking drugs. So, excuse me. <coughs> um, yeah not well mm. not well not to where it is today no way <clears throat> it's it's insane yeah. that he's uh something always takes place for that to for that to happen but let me ask you this like one a couple of th- couple of more points before we yeah. before we wrap this up what was it that that how did jesus reveal himself to you like what was it that that made you what everyone has an encounter or some type of experience that brings them back or brings them to him. What, what was it that, that took place in your life, uh, especially being three months pregnant 
Um, whereas you give, you gave your life to Jesus. Like what took place in your life? Um, so I suppose we need to go back a little bit because I, I was searching for God uh, from quite a young age. So as I said, uh, being in foster care from the age of three, as I got older, I used to cry out to God, even though I didn't, <clears throat> wasn't taught too much about him wasn't taught about him at all really um but I used to cry out to him and ask you know where is my mum where is my dad why is life like this and I used to look at the world how come some people are so rich and some people are so poor how could people be so wicked so I was quite a deep thinker in regards to looking at the world and I kind of felt in me that there was something more to life than what we just see with our natural eye and that took me on a journey of searching and that led me into searching Buddhism, searching, I used to love horoscopes, mm-hmm. um, going to Brahma Kumaris, uh, which is like meditation root of Hinduism, yeah. I think. Um, <clears throat> just So just really going to psychics, just searching and searching. But mind you, never steps to Christianity I was brought up a Catholic but denounced that very young didn't believe in having to go to a man didn't like to see people worship the Pope Mm. that was just unreal to me and I could never fathom praying to statues and I could never fathom the the theory of evolution of being monkeys or (laughs) coming from fish that was like even before christian that is just i i think people really need a lot of faith to believe in that one there um so yeah i just went through a journey went through a journey and um i suppose you know god says in the bible uh you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart so i was genuinely seeking for the truth And I used to study about the government and all this stuff. And I used to preach to people about the government and how they're trying to kill them and all of this stuff. And the food is to kill you and all of this. And um, I used to come home crying, like, why don't people want to know the truth? And I remember someone saying to me one day, Sarah, not everyone wants to know the truth. And I was shocked what people don't want to know the truth no they're quite happy to live in their own world believing what they want to believe believing what fits with them what makes them feel good but I wanted to know the truth whether that went against everything I'd believed in for the whole of my life or not I wanted the truth and um but as I said in this um in this search and in getting all this knowledge Uh, I was actually getting worse and worse. So really suffering with depression, really getting into more and more uh, harder drugs, drugs that I used to say I'd never get into, and becoming more and more wild. Um, So nothing was helping me. And um, obviously I got pregnant then. Now prior to this, I'll be honest with you, I had multiple abortions. So... If you said, like, if I didn't 
meet Jesus, I probably would not have had my child. Wow. It would just be another one gone. Multiple. Um, you know, because I thought, no, 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 I can't be a mum. No, never be a good mum or whatever. And uh, so here I was pregnant and I just had enough. And there was people God had put in my life to tell me about Jesus, but I could, I would brush them off. Yeah, Jesus is a lie. This is to control you. I used to actually go into churches and tell them they were brainwashed and this wow. is a lie. Yeah, with all my books. <clears throat> and I used to come out crying. Why can't they hear? Why are they? <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. Um, you know, so I had then kind of gone on to the root of Islam because I thought, okay, they look holy. They look holy. They cover mm-hmm. themselves and and stuff. So I thought, okay, yeah, maybe I'll go down that route. And um, I just fell on my face one day in my room. I fell on the floor and I put, I just said to God, from what I just talked to whoever, um, okay, I've had enough. That's my words. I've had enough. Um, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. So what that was, was surrender. And sometimes God is waiting for us to give up our knowledge, to give up our pride. (laughs) It's humble. We have to humble ourselves. We have to come to a place and admit that we know nothing compared to the living God. Mm -hmm. We know absolutely nothing. We can try to know everything, but we only know in part. And, you know, he says, if my people will call upon my name, humble themselves, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and then I will heal their land. So a big key in in us getting the revelation of God is to humble ourselves and to know that we can't do it and to really surrender. And the moment that we do that, God just rushes in with open arms, like in the story of the prodigal son, you know, that father ran to his son And and the moment, you know, because the, what did the son do? He humbled himself and he surrendered. He came back home. He said, oh, my gosh, look, at least I can go back to my dad's house. I can even be a servant there. Mm. You know, and this is what we say when we humble ourselves. We say, wow, let me just go back to my father's house and just be a servant. I can serve him. But even now, as I'm speaking and getting the revelation, you know, we come to God and we want to serve him, serve him. But he's saying, no, you're my son. You're my son. You're my daughter. I want you to be my son. I want you to be my daughter. You're not just going to be a servant. You're going to be my child. And um, from I did that, a girl who used to always tell me about Jesus and we lost contact. I didn't speak to her in a long while. She uh, called me out of the blue and she said, oh, Sarah, how are you? I said, I'm okay. I'm three months pregnant now. And um, she said, oh, would you like to come to church? And I said, okay, I will come. Never been in this type of church before, a born-again Christian church. And I went and I heard that Jesus died for my sins and he will wash my sins as white as snow. Mm. and remember them no more. So I said, okay, I'll have that. I said, you can make me clean. You will remember nothing that I've done. I can have a fresh start, a clean slate. 
So I accepted and they just worshipped the Lord. They were singing, praising and I just started to weep, started to cry and something in me broke. I cried like a baby and that hardness, that hardness that came from, you know, the life that I'd lived, uh, being alone, being rejected, being abandoned, uh, just broke. And I went away and I started on my journey. I, I was there pregnant, alone. So at that time, the child's dad was not around. All my friends that I were with, previously who were all partiers my house was the party house obviously now I'm pregnant and now I'm coming home telling them all to repent <laughs> they'd all disappeared Sarah's on wow. one um and it was just me my pregnant belly in the bible and uh I just started to read and read and you know I learned that my body is a temple of the holy spirit and that convicted me you know about taking drugs um and, and I didn't want to take drugs anymore. I come from a family of heroin addicts, crack addicts, uh, weed, hash, every drug you could probably think of, you know, and I didn't want to pass that on to my child. So, and, you know, from that point, I started to pray and fast within that church, a lot of prayer and fasting. Mm. And within three months, I was drug free. And, um, yeah, I just continued that process of uh, reading the word of God. And it's not about someone coming and telling you, you can't do this and you can't do this and you can't do this. The word of God changes your desires. So you don't want to do those things. It's not this dictatorship that some people may think that it is. It's literally God comes to live inside of you and changes your desire. So what you once loved to do and wanted to do, you don't want to do it anymore. So people may look at Christians like, wow, that life's so boring, but we love it. <laughs> We've got peace, genuine peace that doesn't come from money, drugs, sex, music. We've got a genuine peace, even in the midst of storms in our lives. Mm. We've still got that deep down foundation of peace. And the moment that a storm comes, God is so faithful to his children that he'll send people to lift you up in prayer. He'll never let you slip um, too far. It's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's wonderful, man. Mm. Um, there's one more thing I wanted to share with you because this is um, uh, a foundation that I believe uh, is from the book of Proverbs. And I love this book. It's one of my favorite books in, in the Bible. Uh, so much wisdom in the book of in the book of Proverbs, but it speaks about, um, about children in it. Um, so Proverbs 22, 6, uh, train up a child in a way that he should go um, and when uh, that, the, the way he should go. And when he is old, he, he will not depart from it. So um, one mm. of the things that I, 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 I can see right now you're instilling in your child are, are characteristics that will be with her forever. Like are there things mm. that she loves to do that you see like you, you spot certain things in her in her personality that you know she would be great at as she grows older um do you push your child into that into that direction like if she's for example when I was young I used to love to box and my mum she, she used she used to send me to a boxing gym for a short short period of time that changed mm -hmm. that was something that um it stayed with me as I grew older and I became an adult like is there mm -hmm. things that you do now with your child that um that push her in that direction and also what advice could you give to mothers that are that have children and have that haven't been able to see those types of talents mm. yet and how do you mm. how do they push them into that direction 
Yeah, so um, I used to, she used to always loved uh, music. You know, she's very active, so I got her into gymnastics. Um, she, she's got two keyboards, <laughs> two wow. violins, two guitars where people have given her. So, um, so yeah, we just, I just seen that she loves that and we just have to cater to that uh, singing, drama. A lot of people have now said to me she'll be good at drama. So now I'm looking into putting her into some type of drama school. Um, she also has her spiritual gifts of uh, prophecy. So people now actually come to her to give them words of prophecy wow. for their lives. Yes, no joke. <laughs> and sometimes they're left crying, um, which is very strange <laughs> to see. But um, I suppose it's just prayer. You know, all we can do is pray that um, that we will help to push them in the way that God has called them to go because we can have our own desires for our children um, but really inevitably how they're going to have peace and joy and true happiness is to fulfill the purpose that God has for them and that might be the opposite of what we desire for our children so it's about asking the Lord to reveal reveal their purpose and call to us and just pray into that and ask the Lord for the provisions because sometimes we may feel that oh we don't have the finances and so forth to fund those things but we believe if if that's what God's called them to do then God's going to provide he's our dad and he's our provider and he provides all of our needs so I'll encourage mums not to allow the fear of not having enough or anything like that to stop them from pushing them and, and even to sacrifice at times. Sometimes it is a sacrifice, but God is faithful. Beautiful. That's fantastic. Mm. So look, is there any way where people can uh, can get in touch with you? If you've got like a social media a connection, is there anything that you do on social media? Or is there any is, where people can find out about your mentorship or, or what you do as an evangelist? How do people find out a little bit more about Sarah? Yes. Um, so I'm not really too good with the social media. I'm just trying to get um, a separate site up for those things. But, um, you know, I have my Facebook, Sarah Hughes. It is a personal one, but people can contact me on there. So it's Sarah Hughes, my email you can I can give is Sarah S Hughes at uh, yahoo.com. So if they can't locate me by my name on Facebook, just put that email in because there are thousands of Sarah Hughes. <laughs> and yeah, I'm quite happy to receive any messages and, and make contact with people via that platform there. Perfect. So thank you so much for being on this episode of The Walk, Sarah. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. And I hope there's been so many mothers or mothers-to-be that have been able to hear um, your your uh, your story and uh, what what you've been through and also how great of a mother you are to your your wonderful daughter faith and um thank you so much for being on this episode i really appreciate you taking the time to speak to me and um mm. just passing this fruit on man it really means a lot so thank you so much yeah thank you it's been an honor and a blessing thank you so much and i just pray that yeah people will be blessed and and 
pray that God will strengthen all the mothers out there、uh, that feel that it's tough and they can't do it or they're struggling. I just pray that God gives them the strength, and, and I know that He will. Beautiful. So thank you thank so much. You. Thank guys. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you want to reach out, please get in touch with me via Instagram. Blessings and see you all soon. Thank you so much for being on this week's episode of the Walk. Your feedback means the world to us, and would love to know how this episode has impacted you. Feel free to connect with us on Instagram at thewalk.podcast. That is at thewalk.podcast, and we'll see you on the other side. Blessings and see you soon. Bye bye.